have been so blessed here at Mount Carmel. A lot of our dear ones have gone to be with the Lord, and we do miss them, but we're thankful for the impact that they made upon our life. How many here remember Sister Brucey Cage? Yeah, didn't she bless your life? Sister Brucey drove a Crown Victorian. I think the reason she drove it is because it had a great big trunk in the back. And Sister Brucey's gift, one of the special gifts that Sister Brucey had, kind of like Sister Kathy's gift, is these wonderful scrapbooks that, that uh, she makes for folks. I don't know why they call them scrapbooks, because they're absolutely beautiful. Isn't that right, Bray? He just got his from his uh, baptism. But one of her gifts was all the wonderful dishes that she would prepare throughout the week and bring them to church on Wednesday night and Sunday she blessed our lives so much. Many of you will remember, I know Brother Mark will, that uh, when she would back this Crown Victoria up, she had the parking space right by the, the sidewalk over here on the side. And as soon as she would hit the unlock button and pop the trunk and the trunk would open up, out of the back door would fly Cyrus. And she would spend the rest of the time trying to find Cyrus as he was running around six years old. But in the trunk would be all these dishes of food that she would bring out that she'd been preparing and she would bring in and we would enjoy that so much. She was a great blessing. She used to teach Sunday school and Brother Sonny Piles helped her to understand that her role was not to help people get to heaven. He explained to her the doctrines of amazing grace at the old landmark church. And once it took... She delighted to rejoice in the message of the finished work of Jesus Christ the rest of her life. She used to come on Wednesdays and Sundays and it was a great blessing. All of a sudden she had a massive stroke, only 77 years of age. It looked she couldn't even turn over in bed. Her mind was clear, but her body was shattered. Looked like she wasn't going to improve. The doctors had told the family and told her that. Brother Mark and I went down to, I think it's University of Maryland Hospital to see her. And I asked her this question. And I wasn't coming from the standpoint of how are you doing physically because her physical condition was shattered. She'd always been strong spiritually. And she knew That was the question that was pointed to her. Sister Brucey, how are you doing spiritually? Is the Lord holding you up? And this is how she responded. She couldn't even turn over in bed. She couldn't swallow food. She said, Brother Stephen, I'm not as good as I would like to be. I'm better than I deserve. And I'm trying to maintain a thankful heart. Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning, if the Lord would bless us, is maintaining a thankful heart. We're reminded especially of this because of of, uh, the season that we're in. I thought it was a blessing, the different ones that shared the things you were thankful for. Isn't it amazing how that 
We're thankful for things that we so often take for granted. I was reminded of it, Sister Greenfield, when you mentioned that you were thankful that he still had his vision. We take that for granted that we have all the time. So many things we take for granted in life. She said, I'm trying to maintain a thankful heart. Well, first of all, we've got to, we start off with a little bit of a problem. Because Jeremiah tells us that we've got some heart problems. He describes the condition of the heart. And he says, the heart is deceitful and above all things, desperately wicked who can know it. That's the condition of our heart especially before it's touched by God's amazing grace. Brother Sonny Phelan wrote a wonderful book about the manifesto of God's grace, and it talks about the five points of the doctrine, and the first one that he emphasizes so strongly is that of total depravity. He sent me a copy, and I'm going to order some more copies so that we can have copies here but the first one was total depravity. And, and I remember when I picked it up and I've, I preached on total depravity, but I don't really like total depravity. I don't really enjoy total depravity, but I realized that it's describing me. And when I picked up the book, I thought, well, I really don't want to start. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged today. I'm, I'm pretty upbeat today. And I don't know that I want to talk or read about total depravity. So I turned over to find out how many pages that I would have to endure total depravity. And it was actually 54 pages. And I thought, that's just too much to dedicate in a little book about total depravity. And I just don't really want to read that. And then I realized that I needed it. And I persevered through it. But total depravity describes my condition aside from the grace of God. It also describes my condition when the flesh kicks in in my life. That I'm depraved. That I'm undone. And if we recognize and know ourselves clearly, we realize that we're depraved before the Lord. Well, the, we start off needing a heart transplant. We start off needing a heart change in order to have a thankful heart. And Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked. It says who can know it? And I think what he's saying right here is who can know the extent of the wickedness of our heart? I don't even think we know the extent of the wickedness of our heart if left to ourselves. We know a little bit about it, but I don't think we know the extent of it. And by the way, if it wasn't for God's restraining and amazing grace, it'd be much worse than what it is. But the opposite of thanksgiving, the opposite of a thankful heart, the opposite of that is a heart of bitterness. It's a heart of resentment. It's a heart of thinking that, well, I really deserve better than what I have. I really deserve a better lot than what I have. I, I really deserve, uh, you, could, you could take it down and you could, you could, you could break it down. You could say, well, I, I, really, I, I, I really think I deserve better parents. I, I think I deserve better kids. I think I might deserve a better wife or a better husband. 
a better job. I think I, I deserve all these things. But did you know that when we have a thankful heart, it's the opposite of that? It is. In fact, if we got what we deserve, the songwriter uh, uh, that, that, that Brother Tim likes the song, Show Pity, Lord, Oh Lord, Forgive, the third verse of the song describes it this way. He says, and if this is what we deserve, if we get what we deserve, this is what we deserve. He says, the songwriter says it this way, show pity, Lord, oh, Lord, forgive. He says, and if my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. That's what we deserve. So anything over and above that is a great gift and a great blessing from the Lord. And we ought to have a thankful heart. The opposite of a thankful heart breeds bitterness. It breeds, it breeds, it breeds a cynical attitude. It breeds an attitude of pride. Did you know that an ingrateful heart is actually a sin before God? Go read Romans chapter 1. And it talks about an ungrateful people that are not grateful to the Lord. Did you know that one of the identifying marks of a Christian. It's not that you're primitive Baptist. That's a place where you go to church. An identifying mark of a Christian. Should be a thankful heart. It should. We should be a thankful people. I want to look at some verses that might help us to have a thankful heart. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll read a couple of verses here. If you want to write these down and go home and read them, we'll just kind of breeze through them real quick. Uh, this, here's some verses that might help us to have a thankful heart. And then we'll look at some specific examples. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Giving thanks always unto all things for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who wrote? Ephesians. Now we know it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but who was the author of it? Brother Jim? That's right. If there was anybody that deserved to have a heart of ingratitude from an experiential standpoint, it would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, when he would go and preach the gospel that he was called to preach, he would end up being beaten. He would end up being cast into prison. His lot was, was not a comfortable situation when he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if there's anybody that was justified in having a heart of ingratitude, it was the author of this book, the author of Ephesians. It was the Apostle Paul. But it's interesting that even in the midst of the situations that Paul found himself in, in the midst of prison, 
Now, I believe it's a great example for us here. Because in the midst of prison, and when Paul wrote these letters, Paul would oftentimes start the letter by saying, I am thankful for you. Now, like the folks at Corinth, they had a lot of problems. He didn't say, I'm thankful for the problems that you have, but I'm thankful for you. And then he began to attempt to write words of encouragement to help them in the midst of their challenges. But Paul was quick to tell folks that he was thankful for them. Paul was a great example for us that that in the midst of our trials, you may have a a trial right now that's, that's not like you're cast into prison like Paul was, like Philip was, but you may have a trial in your life that is so big that maybe it's keeping you from embracing a thankful heart. Maybe your problem is so big, your trial is so big that you really, in your mind, you justify not having a thankful heart. You say, if I can get through this trial, if I can get through this, this, this challenge, this big burden I have, then I'll have a thankful heart when I get through it. But interestingly, while the Apostle Paul was right in the midst of prison, when he was in the midst of the trial, Paul also had a thankful heart. And a heart to praise the Lord. And that's a great example for you and I. That in the midst of our trials. We can have a thankful heart. Now he says right here. That we give thanks for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Philippians chapter 4. If you want to. You want to jot this down. Philippians chapter 4. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does he mean right here? I believe he means that when we pray to the Lord, when he says be careful for nothing, I think that means not to be overly anxious. He says, be careful for nothing. Did you know that it helps when we really put things in perspective that we realize that, that ultimately God's in control. He is. And that God has all power. And that, he can, and that we can do things, all things through Christ which strengthens us. And that helps us to not be overly anxious. He says, be careful for nothing. And he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I believe what he's saying right here is that when we come before the Lord and we pray before the Lord, we don't just take our laundry list or our checklist to the Lord and want him to check it off, that we start off and we start off with a heart of thanksgiving. That when we start talking to the Lord, We should start telling him the things that we're thankful for. He says, let your request, your supplications, your prayers be made with thanksgiving and let your request be made known unto God. Colossians chapter 3 also describes, he says in verse 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And the Father by Him. I think that's a, an encouragement for us. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Continue in prayer 
and watch. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Wherewithal, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Paul says, when you pray to the Lord, you pray with a heart of thanksgiving. In 2 Thessalonians, again, in 2 Thessalonians, um, it's... Uh, Well, I had a verse, and I can't find it right here, but he tells us that in everything we're to give thanks, for this is the will of the Lord. That in everything we give thanks, for this is the will of the Lord. Now, I don't believe that we are expected to give thanks for the different trials in our life that come in our life that we bring upon our own self. I believe there's things that come into our life that are results of wrong decisions that we might make. But yet, in the midst of those trials, in the midst of those experiences, in the midst of those challenges, here's here's, uh, an example that I think we can compare it with. He says in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that we sorrow not as others which have no hope. We sorrow when someone passes away, and that's what he's talking about. But we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. And so I believe that the example that he's teaching right here is that even in the midst of our greatest challenges in life, in the midst of the greatest burdens that we face in life, that we can, in the midst of those challenges, we can pray that God gives us and blesses us with a thankful heart. That right in the midst of those challenges, that we can pray that God gives us a thankful heart. We've all got so much to be thankful for. Three things, I believe, that help us. There's many, many more than three things, but three things that will help us if we'll ponder these three things that will help us to maintain a thankful heart. Number one, it'll help you to maintain a thankful heart if you'll just simply count your blessings. Sister Virgie, you probably wish that your vision was a little bit better. But in the midst of your poor vision, God's blessed you to still live in your home. He's blessed you to care for yourself. He's blessed you with a son that cares for you. And in the midst of this challenge that you have, God's blessed her with many, many blessings. Sister Virgie was telling me this morning that when she had her birthday, she said, I really didn't think I was as old as I, as folks told me that I was. So she says, I took a pen and paper and I wrote it down. And she says, I calculated it out. And she said, it, it came out to 88 years old. And she said, I just couldn't believe it until I looked at it on paper. Well, at 88, she's still able to live in her home, care for herself, many, many 
blessings. Number one, it helps us to have a thankful heart because we forget all the blessings that God has blessed us with. I can look around and I know there were many more folks here that had blessings that you would have rejoiced to share with other folks. But you've got many blessings. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. So number one, one way to have a thankful heart. And by the way, anybody here ever get discouraged? John shook his head no. I'm so glad John doesn't. Wouldn't you like to be more like... He works. Wouldn't you like to be more like John? Well, I'll tell you how to be more like John. If you get discouraged, I'm telling you, it works. You take a notepad and you start writing down all the blessings that God's given you. And it won't take long before you'll end up just like John. He'll pull you out of that discouragement and that despair. Because your heart, you can't hardly have a thankful heart and be discouraged. You can't. You start writing down the blessings that you have and how God has poured his blessings out upon you in your life. And it'll just, it'll just shift you from a heart of despair and discouragement to a heart of thanksgiving. And then you'll be more like John. Will. Another way that you can have a thankful heart. I, uh, I love to watch the sun come up. And I'm reminded of this every time I see the sun come up. Another way that will help you have a thankful heart is that that you can not only look back upon the past blessings that you've had. But the second thing is you can claim the promises of God. In Lamentations chapter three, Jeremiah is relating his lot and it sounds really, really bad. And I wouldn't want to put myself or anyone else in his in his shoes and in the midst of all of this tragedy in his life trauma in his life he says uh he says uh my my in verse 18 of chapter 3 he says and i said my strength and my hope is perished from the lord he says remembering mine affliction and my misery and the wormwood and the gall my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me he says i've had a pretty bad lot he says my days have been pretty bad they've been pretty discouraging and then he comes down and he says but this i recall to mind so number 2 this is going to help you to have and maintain a thankful heart he says This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Did you know that I believe that at the end of the day, that's the message that should be proclaimed to God's people is that God's people have hope in the Lord. God's people have hope in Jesus Christ. Hope that things can be better. Hope that things will be better. And ultimately hope that things are going to be permanently better. Because when the Lord takes us home, it'll ultimately all be far better. But Jeremiah says right there, here, he says, this I recall to mind and therefore I have hope. 
You may have had a bad day yesterday. You may have had a terrible week. You may have had a run-in with your boss. You may have had a run-in with your children. A run-in at school. And it, you may have just had a problem with self. And Satan would have you to think that, well, that's just the way it's going to be from here on out. But Jeremiah tells us right here, he says, this, here's some things I recall to mind and therefore I have hope. He says, it's of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. Brother Mark mentioned how he'd been spared by the Lord. We've all been spared by the Lord. We could relate to what Brother Mark was saying right here. Aren't you glad that the wrath of God didn't come down upon you in your life for some courses that you've pursued? Aren't you glad that God's had mercy upon you in your life? That God puts up with you. That he's put up with you all down through your life. Here he says right here. He says it's of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. It's because of the Lord's compassions they fell not. And then this is the verse that really wanted to grab a hold of. The second thing about being able to maintain a thankful heart. Is claim the promises of God. And here's one of the promises. It says they're new, his mercy and his compassion, that they're new every morning. Yesterday's gone. Last week, last year, it's gone. That should not determine and dictate and keep you from having a thankful heart. That's something you can have starting today. And you can claim the promises of God that his mercies and his compassions, they're new for you today. God knows what difficulties and trials that you're going to face today. And his grace and his mercy and his compassion is more than adequate for you today. So a good verse to claim, one of the promises, is that, first of all, it's of God's mercies that were not consumed. Because of his compassions were not consumed, he's spared us. And then he says that today, as the sun comes up and we see the sun coming up today, it should remind us that there are new mercies today that are adequate for our needs today. And then he says, and he just throws this in there at the end of the verse. He says, oh, by the way, Great is thy faithfulness. Your faithfulness may fail. I'm thankful that you have faith, but sometimes your faith is stronger than others. But he says that this is not based upon your faithfulness. It's based on his faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I am thankful for the strength and mercy and grace and compassion of the Lord. So the second thing is... Claim his promises. The first one is count your blessings. And the third one. And I have to say that I try to put this in practice. There's many others. But here's the third one. This will help you have a thankful heart. Look among you. And surround yourself. With folks that have a thankful heart. Give you an example. Sister Ella Jean Perry. 
Sister Perry says, I get up every morning. And she says, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is thank the Lord for another day. And then I thank the Lord for all of his blessings upon my life. Now, when you're around somebody that has a thankful heart, it's hard for it not to rub off on you. It's a little bit harder to complain when you're around somebody that has a thankful heart. Brother Jerry Foshi is a brother that used to go to, very faithful brother that used to go to church in Albuquerque, and he has been struggling with MS for over 40 years. He has lived in his home up until this last week and last couple of weeks, and he opened his little home, his little meager home up to folks to have services every Sunday afternoon. Brother Ace has been there. Uh, Brother Tom's been there and, and had services in his home. And he would have every Sunday afternoon 15 to 18, 20 people in this little meager house. He could hardly get around. And he never, ever, ever complained. He was recently diagnosed with terminal cancer. And the doctors told him that he couldn't go back home and that the nursing home was now going to be his permanent residence for the rest of his life. Brother Chuck Peterson and others go and visit him and encourage him. And, he, and Brother Chuck told me last week, he said, I have never in all of these challenges being taken from his home, his ability to walk being taken away from him, uh, all those things, he says, I've never one time heard him utter a word of complaint. It's hard for a thankful heart to complain. So surround yourself with, with folks that have a thankful heart, and that'll help you to be thankful. And then the last thing that will help you to be thankful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, But thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Think about Jesus Christ. And the wonderful gift of eternal life that he has given you. Through the sacrifice that he had upon the cross of Calvary. The great price that he paid on your behalf. And if you think about Jesus Christ and the suffering of Jesus Christ. And realize where we'd have been without the sacrifice of Christ. The love of Christ that he shed upon you and I. Even from before the foundation of the world that he loved the people. And that he was willing to give his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sins. Think about the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. And it will help you to have a thankful heart. May God bless you. We're glad you've been able to listen to this podcast. We invite you to come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. Our services begin with hymn singing at 10.30 a.m. Mount Carmel Primitive Baptist Church is located at 1707 Churchville Road in Bel Air, Maryland. If you've enjoyed this message, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast application.